Thanks for tuning in to the QNS podcast. Every Monday, we take a look back at a week's worth of news in the great borough of Queens. I'm your host, Jacob Kay. My dear co-host, Mark Hallam, has moved on up. He's reporting in Manhattan for The Villager now. And while he'll be sorely missed, we are extremely excited to welcome Angelica Acevedo to the show. She's a reporter in the Courier Newsroom. Angelica, welcome. Thanks. It's great to be here. Why don't you go ahead and take it away? Today on the show, NIMBY, or Not in My Backyard. In Glendale, hatred for the homeless. Elsewhere in Queens, no to new jails. In Astoria, residents fear an eight-story mixed-use building will change the fabric of the neighborhood forever. It's Monday, October 14th. Let's burrow in. Mayor Bill de Blasio's borough-based jail program took a major step forward last week. The City Council's Land Use Committee passed a proposal to set a hard deadline to close Rikers Island. By December 31, 2026, the jail's doors must be locked up for good. But every borough, including our own, has said loud and clear, no new jails. A nonprofit called Daisy's Rising Up and Moving, or DRUM, held a protest last week against the borough-based jail program. DRUM represents South Asian immigrants in New York, and they say there's a connection between criminal justice reform and issues like displacement and racial profiling, which Queens immigrants have to face every day. If a jail is brought to Queens, they say, these issues will only get worse. Here's DRUM organizer Will Deepu explaining what a new jail could mean for the borough. That means more police on the ground targeting black and brown communities. That means more money being spent for the NYPD than actually our community. Oh, that ain't right. That's not right. Ooh. If they build it, they will fill it. If they build it, they will fill it. Shanyat Chowdhury is a member of the Democratic Socialists of America, and he's primary in Congressman Gregory Meeks in the coming election. Chowdhury was at the rally and spoke to QNS about why he doesn't want any new jails in the city. You know that policing is rooted in anti-black racism and that it's rooted in white uh, white supremacy. So the police, like prisons itself, what it does is it's 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 cyclical. It's not correctional. Are we gonna if we build new jails? Are we gonna just continue to fill them up? And the same people are targeted. There's the stats that every two to three people who come out of prison within three years they're they're arrested again. And the same people are targeted, which are black, brown, LGBTQ, and poor people. The proposal to move forward with borough-based jails would be up for a full city council vote on Thursday, October 17th. Last Monday, about a thousand Glendale residents lined up to get into the cafeteria of Christ the King High School. That's where Community Board 5 is holding a public hearing about a proposed homeless shelter in the neighborhood. The plan was for the Department of Homeless Services to share the details of the proposed shelter and then to collect feedback from the community. But the gathering instead turned quickly into an hour-long shouting match. There were interruptions, there were insults, and there was an incitement of violence at one point. One woman from Maspeth called people who are currently experiencing homelessness, quote, lowlifes, as she expressed concern for her children. They should be locked away from ever and out of sight and permanently. Thank you for allowing me to speak this evening. I hope we make the right decision for District 75 for our students from Massmith, rather than the homeless low-life pieces of crap that my tax dollars pay for. Hey, hey, stop. 
or you're leaving. Reporter Max Parrott was there, and he joins us now to talk about the night. Max, thanks for coming in. Wow, good to be here. To start, can you just tell us what the mood was before the meeting? So, you know, this meeting is the result of basically six years of activism. Um, There was a meeting about a week ago that Councilman Holden had, um, a town hall on this very topic where hundreds of people from the community came out. So they responded to... um, to this meeting by um, basically setting up a very heavy police presence. Um, there was uh, metal detectors outside of Christ the King when you walked in. Um, and, you know, there was a line just basically wrapping around the uh, the school's parking lot um, before they um, began the event. So it was very highly anticipated, I would say. So backing up a bit, uh, what is the proposed shelter and who's it intended to serve ultimately? Yeah, the shelter will be for 200 adult males. The qualification for them getting into this um, shelter would be that they are either seeking a job and are employable or already employed. So what the the shelter provider, West Hab, what they really stressed was that the goal of this program is all centered around employment. Um, They said that the average stay is around nine months. So basically, the idea is that you get these folks jobs. Chairman of the board, Vincent Arcuri, is known for running a tight ship. He'll like cut people off if they've gone over their time. If they've lobbed an insult across the room, he'll, you know, he'll make them stop talking. Um, so what happened the other night and how did the meeting get so out of hand under his control? Yeah, I mean, our Curie is very much, I've been to a bunch of his community board meetings. He's kind of like a, um, a real law and order type community board leader. He really is all about procedure. He really believes in that. Um, so he is insistent that people who um, even have opposing views from him get a chance to speak and everyone shuts up while they um, are on the floor. Um, So he was very much emceeing and running this meeting um, and people were just cheering and shouting uh, most of the time. Um, I mean, basically the, the, the uh, city officials, the, uh, the representatives from Department of Homeless Services, they kind of were given a um, chance to speak. Um, and they were, the beginning, it started out a little bit calmer. But as they kind of ramped up and got to the end of their speech, people were already shouting. And that really just continued the entire um, comment period where people from both sides are either, um, you know, they, they're, they're, saying what their concerns are or people are arguing for the shelter. And um, yeah, that's when it got heated. There was one woman who said that she hoped that someone would end up burning down the proposed shelter. Let's take a listen to what she said. I do not care about homeless. I feel sorry, but I don't want them in my backyard. They are taking bomb. They are taking bomb. I don't want to feel threatened every night that come home. My Listen little granddaughter goes to, to school right next to it. I'm not happy. Listen. I'm extremely unhappy. I hope somebody's going to burn the place down. If that's going to happen. Max, how did the crowd react to her comments? So when she said that, there was an immediate burst of applause. Um, it was a, It was probably the climax of the event, I would say. It was a very intense meeting both for... Or, um, yeah, it was an intense moment for the for both those 
for and against the homeless shelter. So there were some pro-shelter folks there as well. What did they have to say? I mean, I think a lot of the arguments that were put forth are pretty similar. Um, they, and I think that Raquel Namouche maybe said it the, you know, the the clearest. Um, she is the uh, leader of the Ridgewood Tenants Union. And um, basically, they're they're arguing that um, the homeless crisis that we have in New York City is just a, it's a failure to address the housing crisis. And so they are putting de Blasio and they're putting Cuomo on blast for not having adequate um, affordable housing policies. And they were trying to, I guess, unite Glendale, uh, the, the residents there, who um, basically to try and rally for more affordable housing. They're, they're trying to put the, the spotlight on that root of the, pro, uh, the problem. So our Curie, who again is the chairman of the board, said that he believes that some of the people there were plants. He told this to you af- uh, after the meeting when you spoke with him. Let's take a quick listen. The people I planted here made it different. Wait, who are the planties? That whole group uh-huh. that walked out. Did you see them? Uh-huh. They were hipsters from Okay, group. okay, okay. And then the group that was here and over there, the opposite side, they were from Richmond Hill uh-huh. and Ozone Park. You think that changed the dynamic? Yes. Um, how so? How are people don't act that way? So what did he mean by that? Uh, it was, it was a, it was kind of a bizarre conversation. Um, I mean, I didn't expect him to say that. Essentially, he was um, accusing the folks from the Ridgewood Tenants Union and those associated with them, because they were kind of in these little pockets of the auditorium, of being plantees, or, you know, usually that gets kind of lumped in with, like, paid protesters or, you know, people who are maybe sent there from de Blasio's office. Um, he didn't clarify exactly whether he thought they were paid or whether fr- from the mayor's office, but um, he did call them hipsters from Bushwick, so he did not think they were Ridgewood residents. Um, and let me just say, let me clarify that I've been to a lot of these meetings. I've been to a lot of Ridgewood Tenants Union events, and so I can demystify that a little bit because I've, I've definitely noticed a bunch of familiar faces in that crowd. Um, I mean, I can't account for everyone, but I can definitely say that, you know, those a lot of those folks are from, are definitely, they live in Ridgewood. A few elected officials were also in attendance, and what did they have to say about the shelter? There are three electeds that spoke. There were, um, there was uh, Councilman Bob Holden, there was State Senator Joe Adabo, and Assemblyman Andrew Hevesy. So Adabo and Holden were both adamantly against the shelter, and they've made that clear over the years. Um, Hevesy wanted to, he was, he didn't necessarily come out in favor of it, but he did want, like a lot of the, um, the Ridgewood tenants union organizers, he was putting the emphasis back on the, the failure of uh, city and state um, policies to address um, income inequality and, and the housing crisis. Um, he also um, said he basically he reprimanded people who were who he thought were, were fear mongering um, against the homeless. And he wanted. He pointed out that you know they're human beings too. That was his point. Um, and so Adabo and 
Holden, they both have their separate reasons. Um, uh, Adabo uh, argued that there are just better ways of addressing homelessness rather than um, large facilities. Uh, He argued for cluster sites, which is actually part of the uh, mayor's program. It's something that the mayor is actively trying to cut down on. Um, And um, Holden has been just so enmeshed in this whole um, this whole political football for a long time. I mean, he he essentially ran his city city councilman um, campaign with this as a very as a central issue, and so he's been against it for for a number of years, even before he was a city city councilman. And his his goal has been to put a um, special needs school in the building that is now at Cooper Avenue. So what comes next? So next, um, the community board will form a recommendation, um, probably going to be no based on their other two uh, votes. And then it will go before the general uh, meeting of the community board. They will form an advisory vote. Um, And then the Department of Homeless Services will take that into consideration. use building coming to Astoria in 2020. At least that's what was proposed last week at a community board meeting in the Western Queens neighborhood. But some residents are unhappy. Okay, my kids can't walk around because of the traffic. It's dangerous, people dodging everybody. It's not necessary. If you want to build something, build a small. Three families, three, 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 do that. The eight-story building will have two sections, a community theater with a parking garage underneath and above several floors of housing. Mega Contracting, that's the company behind the development, they plan on building 88 units, made up of one, two, and three-bedroom apartments. 60% will be family-style units, and about 30% will be affordable. But the biggest supporters in the crowd were from the Pan-Cyprian Association, a nonprofit dedicated to uplifting Cypriot people in Astoria. They are huge supporters of the new community theater. They'll be the theater's primary tenants. This is what the American dream is all about. This project will protect the, the neighborhood. It will take away the big warehouses, and it will have a major impact in, the, in our story. The board voted to approve the new development as long as they meet certain conditions, most of which were cosmetic. Looking for something to do this week? We got you covered. If you're a stand-up comedian, established, looking for a break, or hoping to have a good time, come by the creek and the cave on Tuesday, October 15th. The mic is open to the first 35 people who sign up. If you're not a comedian, no worries. The event is open and free to the public. It begins at 8.30 p.m. Take a trip to the Howard Beach Library on Wednesday, October 16th. To take a trip, well, anywhere. The library is hosting a virtual reality open session Visitors can explore foreign lands, ride a roller coaster, and see new things all through the Oculus Rift VR headset. The event is free and will be open from 3.30 until 5.30 p.m. Start the Halloween celebrations early at Batty over Halloween in Astoria Park this weekend. There will be spooky face painting, a stilt-walking balloon artist, 
dance performances, Halloween photo rooms, and crafts. Be sure to wear a costume. The celebration is Sunday, October 20th. It will take place on the Great Lawn at Astoria Park all day long. That's our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. The show was written by me, Jacob Kay, and Angelica Acevedo. It was produced and edited by me. Our reporters include Max Parrott, Jenna Bagcall, Carlotta Mohammed, Bill Perry, and Emily Davenport. Zach Gowelb is our editor. Special thanks to Mark Hallam. Best of luck on the new gig. Music by the wonderful Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is brought to you by Schneps Media. Until next week. Thank you.